Hi, this is Al Jensen, and welcome to Seniors. Boy, it's been an interesting week. I hope things have gone well for you. We've had a lot of snow here in this area, uh, Utah area. It's incredible. Uh, up in the mountains now, we've had a total of almost 900 inches, and with a with a base at about 250 inches. So it's crazy. Even down here in our yard, in my yard here, there's probably, and it's almost uh, Easter, two days, we'll have, still have about 12 inches of snow on the ground. So, wow, we didn't expect that. But it's been a wonderful, wonderful um, time the last little few days in terms of Easter. And um, recognizing probably the one of the most important holidays in the world today, and that is the Easter week. Uh, recognizing the uh, suffering and sacrifice that the Savior made for us through His atonement and through the ability for Him to take upon Himself the sins of all mankind, and thereby after that uh, being resurrected or being um, crucified and then resurrected. So we're going to focus on that. We're going to take a, um, a walk through all the days uh, up to Christ appearing to his apostles as a resurrected being and scripturally talk about each one of those. I'm not going to do a lot of commentary. I'm going to do a lot of reading from the scriptures and let the scriptures kind of tell you the story. But it's fascinating. So during the last week of the Savior's life, Many of the Jews around him were participating in the traditions of Passover. They prepared meals, sang songs, gathered together to remember the deliverance of the house of Israel from slavery to the Egyptians. Families listened to the story of the destroying angel passing over the homes of their ancestors who had marked their doors with lamb's blood. Amid all these celebrations so rich with symbolism of deliverance, relatively few were aware that Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, was about to deliver them from the slavery of sin and death. Even through his suffering, his death, and his resurrection, even so there were those who recognized Jesus as their promised Messiah, their eternal deliverer. From that time onward, disciples of Jesus Christ have borne witness to all the world that Christ died for our sins and that he was buried and he rose again the third day. So let's talk about how Jesus delivers us from sin and death and how he can strengthen us in our weaknesses and comforts us in our trials. Let's take a minute or two and go through each one of the days of uh, the Savior's visit to Jerusalem and all the, all the things that happened at that time. So let's start with Monday with the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And Matthew 21, 6-11 says, And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of the Nazareth of Galilee. Well, let's just imagine for a moment that scenario. I mean, here comes Jesus into Jerusalem, which he hasn't been for quite some time. 
And a lot of the people there, not all, but a lot of the people there recognize him as the Son of God and thereby welcome him through waving palm branches and, and uh, what they say, strawing his pathway. And I'm sure reverencing him and recognizing him as the Son of God, the Master that he was. However, during that time, there were also scribes and Pharisees, Romans, and um, Orthodox Jews who looked on him with disgust and you know thought here comes the 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 epitome of blasphemy and you know mockering all the things that we have and trying to bring up some kind of new law to surpass the law of moses so you can see some of the contention and ill will that was there and i'm sure that a lot of this was passed from jew to jew and pharisee to sadducee to whomever and especially through the roman ranks that uh, this person could be some real trouble so now on Monday, Jesus goes to cleanse the temple. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all in that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the temples of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And said unto them, It is written in my house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased, and said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus said unto them, Yea, have ye never read, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? So Jesus walks into this scenario, and a lot of people said, Well, maybe that's the first time Jesus was really angry. I don't think he was angry. Had the people in there, I think what he was, was was extremely upset and disappointed that people would consider the house of God, his house, the holy house, the temple, as a house to sell merchandise, all the way from goats, lambs, chickens, everything else they sold for sacrificial animals, to other things, I'm sure beads, trinkets, you know, blood, <laughs> blankets, all kinds of, um, of tawdry things that were probably sold there. And I can imagine that the Lord Jesus was very indignant and that he looked at this as though, wait a minute, this is not the way it should be done. You know, isn't there any respect or sacredness for this place that represents, you know, the Lord on high? So his job and what he did at that moment was cleanse the temple. But it's interesting to me that there were also people that had had uh, diseases and afflictions. And what he did is he, um, he healed them at that time. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple. And he took the time to heal him. So, you know, again, recognizing that he was indeed the Son of God. So on Tuesday, Jesus taught in Jerusalem. And when, in Matthew 21, Verse 23, it states, And when he was come into the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching, and said, By what authority dost thou these things? And who gave thee this authority? And Jesus answered and said, And to them I will also ask you one thing, which if ye tell me, I in likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John whence was it, from heaven or of men? And they reasoned with themselves, saying, If we shall say from heaven, 
he will say unto us, Why did ye not believe him? And they answered Jesus and said, We cannot tell. And he said unto them, Neither tell I you by what authority I do these things. So Jesus taught a considerable amount of time on teaching in Jerusalem. I'm sure he taught in the temple. I'm sure he taught on street corners. I'm sure he taught anywhere that he could, knowing that in a few days down the road that he would be scourged, beaten, flogged, and, and crucified. So pretty incredible of, uh, of what he has done or what he was doing before all this, you know, horrible um, process of the uh, resurrection, uh, preparation for the resurrection would take place. So let's read what happened on Wednesday. And when it goes on to say, for there Christ was teaching again, and uh, he taught on verse 24 and 25, for there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told thee before, wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. So again, on that day, he continued teaching. And in preparation, I guess, for the days to come, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So here we are now, and the Savior knows that he has the toughest day, of course, of his life, of his ministry, comes when uh, he goes to the, uh, to the garden and kneels down and there takes upon himself the sins of all mankind. And I'm not quite sure how we can even fathom how that can be done. I know one of the illustrations that I saw, or pictures that I saw, and I wasn't too keen on who did it, but it was the most marvelous picture I've ever seen. For it is mentioned there that when Christ went to the garden and suffered in the garden, that angels ministered unto him. Was, I don't think he could make it alone. God knew that, and so God sent down angels to help him to comfort him and to be with him. And one of the greatest pictures that I've seen shows the Savior in the Garden of Gethsemane under great stress and duress with an angel there holding him and comforting him. And that was such a sweet rendition. So let's read a little bit in Matthew 26 about the Passover and Christ's suffering in the, in the garden. And it came to pass, when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said to his disciples, Know ye not that after two days is the feast of the Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified? Now the apostles still didn't really have an idea of what was going to happen. I mean, they followed him and he talked about it, but until it was coming down to the, to the baseline here, you know, we're down to a couple of days, I'm sure they were wondering, wow, what is going to go on? Then assembled together the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people into the palace of the high priest, who was called Caphius and consulted that they might take Jesus by subtly and kill him. But they said, Not on the feast day, let us there be an uproar among the people. Now when Jesus was in Bethany, 
in the house of Simon the leper, there came into him a woman, having an alabaster box of very precious ointment, and poured it on his head, and he sat at meat. When his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much, and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but ye may not have but me ye have not always. For in that same for in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever this gospel shall be preached, in the whole world there shall also this that it is a woman hath done, be told for a memorial of her. Then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went unto the chief priests, and said unto them, What will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. And for that time he sought opportunity to betray him. And he said unto them, What will you give me? And from that time he sought opportunity to betray them. Now the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to such a man, and say unto him, The Master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now when the evening was come, he sat down with the twelve, and as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of ye shall betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and began every one of them to say, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said that he has dipped his hand with me in the dish. The same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It hath been good for that man if he had not been born." Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? And he said unto him, Thou hast said. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and brake it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and he gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung in him, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me for this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen, I will go before you in Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said the disciples. Then come Jesus into a place called Gethsemane, and said unto the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and two sons Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death, tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and said unto Peter, What could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye entered not into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. 
He went away again into the second time and prayed, O Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he said unto them, and he went away and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples, and saith unto them, Sleep on now, and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand, doth betray me. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now that now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I kiss, that same as he, hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And behold, one of them which was with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. And when Jesus said unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place. For all they that take the sword shall perish by the sword. Thinkest that I cannot pray to my father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled? Thus it must be. And in the same hour, Jesus said unto the multitudes, Are ye come out against a thief with swords and staves for to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and you laid no hold on me. So, his day in Gethsemane, his evening in Gethsemane, and as you think about it, the apostles really probably couldn't understand, again, what was going on. Why Why would they not, you know, be a part of this experience that Jesus had to go through and support him? Why did they feel that, you know, a few hours of sleep was more important? I mean, I understand, I'm sure they were very tired, but... To leave Jesus on his own, to go there. And again, as I said, how he did it, how he took upon the sins of all mankind and the suffering agony he had to go through is uncomprehensible. He had to be more than a literal man, for that could never have been done with a, a literal man would have died. So it was the God side in him that prevailed and thereby was able to perform this sacred blessing for all of us that we have a savior who is atoned for our sins and we can be free from our sins through the blood that he spilt on gethsemane the friday is most called good friday was the trial the crucifixion and burial and probably the darkest day on the face of the earth for what the Savior had to go through that time, the path that he had to follow, his people, literally his people, betraying him to the point of killing him, his crucifixion, which in itself was was horrendous, and then the burial. And if you read through that, let's drop over to Matthew for just a second. Matthew 27, 1 through 61. We're not going to read all of that, but we're going to read part of them and kind of get a feel of, of what happened back then. 
So starting in verse 1, it says, When the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself, I brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned, and that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple, and departed, and went and hanged himself. And the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, It is not lawful for to put them into the treasury, because it is, it is the price of blood. And they took counsel and brought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Therefore that field was called the field of blood unto this day. Then was fulfilled that which is spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him that was valued, whom they of the children of Israel did value, and gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord appointed me. And Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest, and when he was accused of the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then said Pilate unto him, Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? And he answered him to never a word, insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. Now at that feast, the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner, whom they would. And they had, they had then a noble, notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. And when he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, How thou nothing to do with that just man, for I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas to and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said unto them, Then what shall I do? Jesus, which is called Christ. And they all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why that evil hath be done? But they cried out one more time, saying, Let him be crucified. And when Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person, see ye to it. Then answered all the people, and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall, and gathered into him the whole band of soldiers, and they stripped him. And they put on him on a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him, saying, and mocking him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit upon him, and they took the reed and smote him on the head. And after they had mocked him, they took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they were coming to a place called Golgotha, that is to say, a place of the skull, they gave him vinegar to drink, mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified him, 
and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there, and set up over his head his accusations written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. There were then two thieves crucified with him, one on the right and the other on the left, and they passed by, reviled him and wagging their heads, and saying, Thou that destroyeth the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests mocking him with the scribes and elders said, He saved others himself, he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now, if he will have him, for he said, I am the Son of God. But these also which were crucified with him cast the same in their teeth. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land into the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, this is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that says there, when they heard that, said, This man calleth for Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar, put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, Let it be. Let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quakes and the rocks rent. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. Now when the centurion and they that were with him, watching the Jews, watching Jesus, saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly this was the Son of God. And many women were there beholding afar off, which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering unto him. Among which was Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's children. And when the evening was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and asked and begged for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. Wow. Can we say more other than what those scriptures tell us? The drama that existed at that time, the situation that existed, the bravery of the Savior and the sorrow he must have felt as he was caused to carry that that cross and there felt the wounds even in his hands and in his feet and in his side and hung there till he died. And no man at this at that time would have ever been able to do that other than Jesus Christ the firstborn of our Father in heaven was asked and voluntarily did everything he did to make a way for us to come back unto the presence of God. And so finally, 
Saturday, the body lies in a tomb. And from then on, he takes off up into the spirit world. And there in the spirit world, he apparently is ministering to the spirits there. And, uh, and after three, after Saturday, then Sunday, he comes back and as a resurrected being and appears unto his apostles, first Mary Magdalene, of course, and the other Mary. And then there was his visitation to the apostles in the upper room. And it says here, Matthew 28, 1 through 10, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to be drawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment was white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not, for I know that you seek Jesus, which is crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come see the place where he lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you in Galilee. There shall you see him, lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy did run to bring his disciples word and as they went to tell his disciples behold jesus met them saying all hell and they gathered and held him and felt the wounds in his hands and his feet and worshiped him then said jesus unto them be not afraid go tell my brethren that they go into galilee and there shall they see me so as a resurrected being, Christ then appears to his apostles. First of all, to Thomas, who had to feel the wounds in his hands and in his feet and in his side. But upon doing that, was totally convinced at that point that Jesus was a resurrected being. Could you imagine the feeling if you're one of the apostles as a dear friend of yours? And he was a dear friend as they traveled around for weeks and weeks and weeks. And they watched him perform miracles, and they watched him take care of him. And they watched him as he was sacrificed on a cross to reappear, their friend, their God, their Lord, and come back. What a happy, joyous time that must have been. And I'm sure the apostles were in, in total wonder as to how could someone be resurrected? How did all this happen? How could, you know, someone return in a body of flesh and bones? Well, that's the great message of this lesson. The free gift of resurrection to all mankind. And it doesn't matter what you've done, who you are, and the most egregious sin possible, you still will receive a resurrected body. And that was the universal gift God gave to all of us. As a part of his plan, he also gave us the right and opportunity through our agency and faith to repent of our sins, to take and replace those with good works, and to put our sins upon the shoulders of our Father in heaven, of Jesus Christ, and he would atone for those sins through his sacrifice. 
And there lay them on the altar before the judgment bar of God and represent us as someone who has strived the best they could through this life to be more like Jesus. So this has been one of my favorite lessons. It's really been a lot of fun. Uh, It's really been good. I'm sorry I probably (laughs) read too much in the scriptures, but they're just so powerful. And take a moment or two and just reflect on this. I look at this holiday as much more significant than Christmas. Although Christmas is good and the birth of Christ is wonderful. But the atonement of Jesus Christ and the resurrection is what it's all about. That's what this life is all about. Is being able to make it through and repent and change and improve and overcome the natural man and become more like Christ so we can return into him and come forth in the morning of the first resurrection. So thank you for listening. Uh, Next week we'll have another lesson and ready to go, but I look forward to uh, doing this and hoping that uh, you find and get something out of it. Thanks again.